Welcome to your tribe. Paris, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? You well? We're as great as one can be in 2020, to be honest. Right? Yeah. We're, we're trucking through. Uh, it's good to see you guys because uh, last time I properly saw you was maybe three years ago, I think, or two years ago, maybe. Uh, and the world was a different place. I mean, it's 2020. That does make it three. Yeah. It feels like there's been three years rolled into this one. So, yeah. But yeah. I mean, since we last saw each other, I mean, I we've always seen you around because the scene in Dubai, while it seems like there's so many people coming in and out, there are so few old timers. Like there are some of us that kind of have stuck it through for the long haul. And uh, Guy in Dubai was kind of always one of those that was, you know, in, in the world around us. So tell us, where have you been? What have you done? What have you been up to since we last saw each other? So, uh, yeah, no, uh, well, uh, last time I saw you guys, you you were starting with uh, the Dukan show and I was starting with Guy in Dubai. And it's great to see that you guys have progressed that further and, and stuck with it and made something of it. And that's what I've been trying to do with Guy in Dubai. I've been, uh, uh, I've filmed 30 episodes since then. And uh, back yeah, yeah, no, it's been good fun. And and that's had me doing everything from uh, scuba diving with sharks and shipwrecks to racing the world's fastest powerboat to learning to paramotor and trekking across the desert, uh, pearl diving, like you name it. I've just basically looked at all the cool stuff that I, that I want to learn how to do and sort of, you know, learned it for an episode and then gone and, and sort of uh, cre- created an episode out of it. And then um, uh, I think when we when we met, we we were launching on OSN. Um, so we've continued to sort of submit our episodes there. And then uh, we launched on Amazon Prime this year, and we've launched on a number of airlines. We're on um, uh, Emirates, Saudi Airlines, Etihad Airlines, and Aer Lingus. So this year in twenty uh, twenty, we started off with a good year filming well until about March when everything went kind of crashing to the ground and we weren't able to film anything, but we started pushing, um, uh, focusing more on pushing the distribution. So we launched on quite a few of those airlines on Amazon prime in that time. So there was a positive side for us, uh, with, with, with the bad year. That's wonderful. Paris, question. What did you do before guy in Dubai? Um, so when I came to Dubai, or the Middle East. I, I, I first moved to Oman, so I was in Oman and Dubai, and uh, I always had the ambition to be an entrepreneur, and so I set up an e-commerce business, and then um, after three years, I exited that and uh, did a few different other entrepreneurial projects, and then they kind of didn't go very well, and I kept falling flat on my face, and um, it got a bit depressing, and I thought to myself, well... 
you know, I can't keep going on um, giving these things a go and trying to uh, uh, trying to succeed at this for some pot of gold at the end, which I might not get to. And in 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 the meantime, I'm I'm you know sacrificing all my time with my friends, and you know because you have to work very hard to be an entrepreneur. And so I thought, well, look, if I'm going to sacrifice so much time to do this, then the 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 journey has to be how I want to live my life. And I thought, well, how do I want to live my life? Yeah. And so I thought to myself, well, what, you know, because it's strange how we've kind of been conditioned to think that actually we want to be a consultant and then we want to become the head of that company and then we want to give our money away to charity. And we're kind of conditioned to think that there's this kind of path that we must go. But then I thought about it and thought, well, when I was eight years old, I wanted to be an action man, you know, and I love adventure and I, I wanted to be like Superman and all of this. And and uh, I thought, well, if I, you know, uh, didn't have to make money and I could do whatever I wanted to do, what would I want to do? And I thought, well, I'd love to travel. Uh, I love to set myself challenges and adventures. And uh, uh, and I would, uh, I, I, you know, I love... I like to party. I love my friends, all of these types of things. And so I created this sort of thought in my head about how life would be if, if, if it was ideal. And I thought, well, what if I created a show about a guy who was on a mission to go and do all that stuff? And meanwhile, going through all of that, I can promote all these places and things to do. So there's a, a commercial model there. And if I make it really entertaining, then maybe TV stations would be interested um, and that was the initial thought of it. And I, I told my friend in a coffee shop and he goes, you should call it Guy in Dubai. And I was like, Ding. <laughs> it's always that friend. There's always a friend that's like, you know what you should do? You should do this. And you do it because it's good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So so that was so it was that uh, entrepreneurial journey. And how did you fund the beginning of that? Um, I mean, when when you shifted. Um, because I feel like a lot of people would be interested in yeah. when you make this transition of, okay, let me follow this passion and somehow make money from it. At the beginning, nobody knows your name. You're not on anyone's map. So the commercial value hasn't been set yet. How did you start funding it at, 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 at that start? Yeah, well, you know, it was a struggle. And the struggle itself is is something I could write a book about because... Essentially, the business I had done before, um, funnily enough, the business I had just exited, it, it was, I started it at the same time I had the idea for Guy in Dubai. However, the money was there for that business. I had investment and Guy, Guy in Dubai was nothing more than I, an idea, which really could have just been so crazy that it may have never have worked. So I took the safe option to take investment for this uh, business, which was a recruitment business. And I made a success of it within the first year. But then I uh, had really come to terms with the fact that my passion is in this kind of media and doing this type of stuff. And I started creating the character of Guy and Dubai just on social media. And then um, over time, that business ended up failing. And, and I came to terms with the fact that I have to follow my passion and nothing else should get in the way. And so, so I had lost money in that business venture. And this was 
uh, March 2017. Uh, I had started to film some pilot episodes. I filmed four pilot episodes. And I was really broke. <laughs> that's what you don't hear. I love your honesty because that's what everyone needs to hear. Like, to follow your... That's what you don't hear. To follow your dreams and travel the world, you start with zero sometimes, below zero. You probably had less than what you, yeah. what you needed. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, yeah. I, I, was, I, I thought that maybe when I exited uh, that business and closed it down, that there might be something to get out of it. But actually, I found myself at a big loss. And, and I, thought, I thought, well, what was scary is I didn't know where the next bit of money was going to come from. So, you know, I called up, called up one of the closest persons to me and they said, uh, if you want, I'll lend you some money. And I thought, nah, I think I, think I need to feel the crunch. I, 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 yeah, I, th I think I really need to go back to what I'm... Because I, I grew up from a very uh, humble beginning. Um, I wouldn't even call it humble. I would actually say it was a rather poor beginning. My mother was, um, uh, you know, not educated and, and a single mom. So it was... It was, you know, it, that's how I grew up. So going back to that, just to start, was actually what, need, what I needed to readjust my mind in order to start getting serious about, about work and everything. So, so I started off with not a lot. And luckily, um, after I created those pilot videos, uh, OSN said, you know, let's start talking about it. Um, now, in my head at that time, the amount of money I was going to make and how quickly I was going to make it was a lot more favorable than it actually ended up being. Um, but that's always the case. <laughs> yeah. And you would have thought... That's always the case. You would have thought I would have learned by now because it was always, it's always been like that. It's always slower and it always takes, uh, you know. Um, but I was enjoying the process and it did, you know, all the way through 2017 and 2018, I was nickel and diming and, and really having a difficult time. 2019 ended up being quite good for me um, and it started to get on its feet and it started to roll and 2020 was going well. Um, and, and we all know what happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we yeah, don't need to speak yeah. about it. Yeah, and <laughs> it I don't happens. feel I have the right to complain about 2020 because we've, we've all been in the same boat. So my message to people who are starting out is, if you choose something that you're passionate about, then when you are going through those rough times, you will stick with it and you will get through it and you'll be incredibly happy that you did uh, in two, three, four, five years time because you will now have something that most people can never have, which is a, a way to earn money through something that you love. And um, I think uh, uh, I, I'm thankful that I, I stuck with it in, in 2017 and 18, even though it wasn't really paying me much. I completely agree. And it's, and it's one of those things where like, even though we, you hear it a lot about anyone that has followed their passion, followed their heart and stuck with what they do, that, you know, it eventually pays off. But I think that realization and to also be honest with the listeners, like that realization comes in hindsight. When you're in the trenches, you are in the trenches. You feel like there is no way out. But the passion, the drive, the commitment and conviction that you need to have behind it is what keeps you going through those slumps. And not only till you're out of it and you look back and you're reminiscent like, oh, yeah, 
I remember what that was like. But you really got to pay your dues through these trenches first before you can find that comfortable spot for you where you're content. Um, and I think that's that's always something I feel like we owe the listeners to to share that with them. So where, by the way, where do you draw the limit with these activities? Because everything is adrenaline, risk, a lot of excitement, a lot of fun. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting, uh, interesting question, actually. Well, if you if you knew my childhood, you would uh, you would it, it all looks very normal uh, what I do because like that's basically how I grew up. Uh, I, I I grew up in a forest, constantly uh, chopping down trees and making bases, and just basically just had a. I was a kid with a big imagination, and uh, and so where do I draw the limit? Well, you know, you'd be surprised how safety conscious I am with everything. Um, uh, when I go on group trips, scuba diving or, uh, or anything like that, I'm probably the most, uh, diligent when it comes to checking everything. Um, so it's weird. I'm, I like doing, uh, things that give you an adrenaline rush, but I make sure that everything is, is okay. So, uh, I'm not as mad as you'd think. <laughs> Cause it comes across <laughs> by the way, like you've got some people don't have that fear that I feel when that's why I don't do roller coasters or I don't, there's a, there's a bunch of things I just don't do. I had the impression that you have no fear. That's what I saw from, you know, the, the feed and the work and the, you know, and the 30 episodes. So congratulations on being super sa safety first <laughs> on super safe and adrenaline driving and all of that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm safety first just because I don't want to die. Uh, but I, uh, you're right, actually, I, I don't have fear. And I actually, when I said I like these adrenaline rush type things, I actually most of the time don't get an adrenaline rush from them. Um, so, yeah, so it's, uh, but I do enjoy them. Um, it's just uh, I'm a lot more calm about it than, uh, than most people. But I don't do it to, to be dangerous. You know, I, I don't want to kill myself. That's why I, that's why I, uh, I, take extra care. So so where would Paris go for his adrenaline rush? Well, I don't know. There's one thing I remember giving me adrenaline rush. Uh, actually, I went skydiving. The first time I ever went for a tandem skydive, um, it was over Niagara Falls in, uh, in Canada. And um, it was funny because... I, most people get a, a, have an in the anticipation they get quite nervous and so forth, and I was as if I, as if I was on my living room couch and very calm, and I sat with my legs hanging out the aeroplane, hung off the wing, waving at the uh, the camera, and as soon as I let go and went into free fall, I I went from zero to a hundred percent adrenaline rush uh very and i was so stiff i was like oh my god you know so so i it, it is there it does happen it just it's just maybe the threshold is a bit higher than most people definitely higher because i wouldn't even get on the, like we we just have different we're just different people yeah. <laughs> we're just different people <laughs> was yeah. that your first ever like uh, uh not skydive but was that like, like first like an adrenaline impacted experience or you did something before that uh, that was maybe the, the, the biggest step up. Uh, I think before that, maybe it was like roller coasters or something like that. I mean, that's that's wonderful. Because like, I think it's just one of those experiences where for an average person like us watching the stuff that you do, it's wild. Like, I usually like to picture myself doing some of these things. And then I'll see you do them. And I look back like, 
I don't know if I could do that. It'll be nice to try one day, but I don't know. But one of the things we do well is we do travel very well. Like as a team, as friends, uh, we've traveled places and I feel like we travel well. Akka, we may beg to, beg to differ, but I feel like we're good, you know. No, I don't beg to differ. Why? I agree. We do travel well. Ah, uh, okay. Because you complain from the moment we leave <laughs> to the moment No, we I set arrive. expectations about what I will complain about if it's not there, to be very frank. Uh, that's this is the experience this is a travel experience so you travel so much now you mentioned you go to saudi you mentioned you go to all these places um and so tell us about tell us about what it what it is that you're hoping to do you know and like what you've like just different experiences that you've had okay so yeah look traveling you know as as you guys mentioned you know it's so much fun and i love going to new places and discovering new cultures but now i've kind of established myself as somebody who likes adventure i now like to look for those types of things as well you know find out what they have there and you often find in different countries they've got adventures that are unique specifically to that landscape or uh something that the people have created that's a a tradition um and you know uh I, I think the most interesting places to go are the ones that are fairly unseen or unlikely, you know, um, not to go not to go to the most obvious place, uh, but, but to go somewhere and, and find the... Because everywhere has beauty, everywhere has something interesting. And you've got to, you know, dig that out and find it. What's something, what's something unusual that is on your to-do list? I mean, is there some like having blowfish in Japan? I heard that's dangerously crazy to eat as it yeah. is <laughs> but like is there something that is just unusually wild that you can't wait to try one day oh there's a couple of them i've got a whole list of things that i've got planned um i mean the first thing that uh, i thought of when when you said blowfish in japan um there's a uh there's a locked in sea in uh an island in the pacific called palau and in that sea, it's infested with jellyfish, beautiful different colored jellyfish. But because they are locked in and there's no prey for them, they've lost their ability to sting. So you can swim among them. Um, so it's the most amazing, uh, most amazing thing to, to swim among them, uh, but it's totally safe. Uh, so that, that's one thing. Um, I've had all sorts of ideas for, for episodes. Um, uh, I, I very much wanted to uh, go to Thailand and train as a kickboxer in one of their kickboxing camps, and then go to and then go to one of the dirtiest bars I could find and go and enter it, you know. But then <laughs> and just brawl it out. <laughs> so 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 I, I I thought about doing that, and then I I thought, well, let's get trained. And somebody put me in touch with a guy who's the world champion at Lethway. And Lethway is, is basically, uh, it, it, its other name is be, uh, Burmese bare knuckle boxing. So it's bare knuckle. You can, it's a little bit like MMA, but you can headbutt. Uh, and it's considered the most, the, the most dangerous uh, or most violent type of uh, 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 martial arts. So I spoke to him about my, my ideas and he says, I'll do one, I'll, I'll, I'll one up you. Uh, what I can arrange for you, and I did this. This is what he did. No. Uh, I went to a Burmese <laughs> prison and I fought one of the prisoners 
and the and all the people watched and I was and I thought wow this is going to be great video footage you know like, <laughs> you know so, right. so so he was starting to train me for that and then he got a little bit too uh uh successful with his it's like that boyka movie so yeah, I'm yeah. just going to say you're first of all this is a blessing in disguise because it's it sounds like he got to like he got he had a lot of commitments and you is that why it didn't go through or Uh, yeah, he, he left Dubai and he's become a massive star in the martial arts world. He's been on the Joe, on the <laughs> okay. Joe Rogan show and uh, he's doing incredibly well. He's kept his uh, um, uh, position as the world, world champion. His name's, uh, his name's Dave LeDuc. Uh, and so, so I, lost, uh, I lost my coach who had this idea. But one day I'll do something like this. That, that was on the plan. You're too pretty for Burmese jail, Paris. You cannot go to Burmese jail yeah. and bare knuckle <laughs> What is wrong with you people? <laughs> At least if you go, if you go like fight someone that got convicted for robbery or something, don't go, don't go, don't go into any of the, you know. No. Yeah. How many countries has it been since you started your journey? Well, so, today? so initially we started uh, with, with the show concept guy in Dubai and we did everything in the UAE and we've only just started uh, filming abroad as the travel show. And the first episode was Ireland, which Uh, I think we're going to speak a, a lot more about, um, and that went, yeah, and that and that went extremely well. And then now we've got a whole load lined up for next year uh, of different travel episodes. Obviously, this year uh, w w travel was kind of put on hold, so we're, we're looking at it all for next year. So for now, you've only been to, you've only been to Ireland. Yes. Well, that's great. Let's talk about that since we all. <laughs> Since that's why we're all here and our listeners will come to know that this episode is for the, <laughs> is, is, is all about Ireland and to really understand what's going on in Ireland because not a lot of us actually know what happens there. This is me personally. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's, let's jump into that to be honest. Sarahtan. So when the team reached out and they're like, oh, you, you know, from Tourism Ireland and let's talk about Ireland with Paris. My first thought was the only relationship I actually have with Ireland was my primary school the majority of my teachers were irish that's as close as i got to it <laughs> so i actually know nothing about ireland i've never i've never considered it as a destination ever like it, ne it was never one of those options where i've gone as far as the uk and you know to london and that whole thing but i've never thought oh let me go to ireland so it's new territories for me and i think this is what makes us exciting because when we got the briefs and I was reading up on it and, and I was looking up at the different things you're, you've done there. It actually looks like a lot of fun. So just walk us through what's that experience like, since you've already shot it, you've been to different places, you've tried different things. Um, let's just kick off with the baseline of, okay, what did we do in Ireland? What, what's there for people to go see? <laughs> But so T, there's a much more important question before all this. Oh, is there? Go ahead. How does a Sudanese and a Lebanese person get to Ireland? Like how how like how hectic oh, is the we visa need visas. process? You know, because like one of the main reasons me and Ot never uh, seen Ireland as well, besides the fact that yeah, and we've traveled a lot of places in the world, probably like six places in the world. It's a visa status. So does anyone know what's the? Yeah, I, I do actually. Funny enough, because uh, just after I. I I went to the, the depths of uh, Ireland and I went to a place called Connemara. That was one of the places on our list, which is right in the mountains near Galway uh, on, the, on the west coast of Ireland. And I thought I'd been somewhere that nobody, nobody in Dubai would have been to before. And then when I came back, my Lebanese friend 
was on his way there. <laughs> so <laughs> the exact same spot. So I think, I mean, you have to check uh, specifically the, the travel situation, but I believe that uh, uh, for Middle Eastern travelers, Ireland is a good spot. But let me, let me just tell you a bit about Ireland in general, and then I'll tell you about my experience of it. So uh, first of all, Ireland is, well, it, the island of Ireland is two countries. Part of it, Northern Ireland, is part of Great Britain. And the southern part, the Republic of Ireland, is, is its own independent country. Um, and so there's a slight different, uh, there's a big difference in the accent and there's a slight different culture. But generally speaking, you can travel between the two easily and everybody gets along and it's, you know, it's almost like one country. So uh, my adventure was in uh, the island of Ireland. So we actually started off in, uh, in Northern Ireland and Belfast, which is, uh, you know, part of the United Kingdom um, and uh, uh, is the capital of Northern Ireland. Um, and, you know, I am from the UK um, and actually I'm all, I'm half Irish as well, but I've never been to, I've never been to Northern Ireland. Um, and so, you know, I have grown up very close to it and I hadn't been uh, to dis to discover much, um, actually. Um, and there is a huge amount there. But I think the one thing that I really felt as soon as I got there to the moment I left, I don't think I've been anywhere where the people are so genuine and so funny and so nice. They're really a really great bunch of people, the Irish. And, and you know, that's no disrespect to anyone from any other country, but you really feel it when you're in, in Ireland. It's, it's certainly not like the UK where we, where we don't say hello to each other and we're not quite as friendly. But in, in Ireland, people, people are so warm and and very interested in you genuinely um, and that was probably the the biggest sort of you know the wave you know you know when you walk out of dubai airport and you get that heat wave when you when the door opens and like whoa i'm in dubai well that's the kind of feeling you get but with with people being uh nice and genuine with you in in uh, in ireland so anyway i started off in in belfast um uh and the first thing i noticed uh, at the airport is they have all the famous people from Belfast uh, all over the airport. And a lot of these people I didn't know, I didn't know were from Belfast. Yes, because I was going to say, like, who's there? Because I wouldn't, did, was there anyone that you recognize that you think we would recognize? Well, we would maybe uh, it's, they're more known among the sort of uh, British culture, but uh, George Best, who's one of the best footballers ever. Okay. Uh, Van Morrison, yeah. who's a, a, a great musician. Um, I didn't. I didn't know they were from uh, from Belfast. Um, I didn't know that Ben. Moore. Okay. Yeah, and and I also didn't know that the the Titanic was built in Belfast. And so the first thing we did is we went to the Titanic Museum where where it was built, um, and I actually went to the the dockyard where it was essentially harbored, so you can see. Uh, how long it was, you know, and uh, that was that that was quite amazing. Um, so that's where we started off, and um, uh, the food and the nightlife in in Belfast was pretty cool too. Um, I didn't have, I wasn't there for long, so I made the most of it in in a couple of days, and then and then we went up uh, through the countryside uh, in Northern Ireland, 
And we stopped off at a number of the different Game of Thrones sites because a lot of the, the series Game of Thrones was filmed in Northern Ireland. Wow. So which part of Game of Thrones? Like, was it the where, where Castle Black was? Yeah, Castle Black is there. So, so the Dark Hedges is where I walked down, which leads to Castle Black. Uh, and there's, I think, uh, 80% of the, of the show was filmed there. So, oh, wow. uh, a, a number of different, uh, a number of different places. Um, so we actually went to some and then they took us on a helicopter ride over and above it all. So we could see from, from, from the air there. And there's tons of castles all over the place. So you can understand why they chose it as a, uh, as a location to film Game of Thrones. Um, and then we, we went over what's called the Giant's Causeway, which is, um, for centuries been uh, a sort of interesting place for, for people. There's lots of myths around it. In fact, one of the things I noticed in, in Ireland is there's a, there's a kind of legendary tale about everything. Yeah, there's a tale for everything, right? Yeah, yeah. You ask them, oh, why is that like that? Like, oh, well, a giant came along and he cast a spell on the witch. Uh, and I'm like, really? Did that happen? <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> so literally everything has a story there. So uh, so we went to Giant's Causeway where, where it has these amazing hexagonal columns that come out of the ground. Um, and of course, there's a tale about how a giant used it to jump from there to Scotland and, and all of this. Uh, but I think the uh, geologists um, uh, geologist say that it's, it's basalt co columns that come from a volcano. So, uh, but it's, it's really quite, really quite incredible. Uh, it's, they're almost like, it's like a giant organ everywhere. So, uh, so we did that. And then we went uh, along to Port Rush. Um, we did a, they arranged, the Tourism Island arranged a number of cool activities for us. So uh, we went hovercraft racing. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, that, that's very guy in Dubai, I feel. We, yeah. <laughs> I feel that's very guy in, that's or guy in the sky yeah. or, you yeah. know, Paris Norris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I yeah. feel is like, you know. Yeah. What was that like? That, I feel it, like that, that must have been a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it's, in order to turn, you have to lean and turn the whole thing round, and it will continue to go in that direction until until the fan pushes it the oh. other way. You have to sort of turn uh, thirty meters before you get to the turning, um, and so it was great fun. Uh, they took us to something also called blow karting, which is like like being on a windsurfer but with a go kart, so on the sand on the beach, and uh, we almost. And trust yeah. me, we were, we were nowhere close to what you just explained. Because yeah. the first thing I asked when we sat down, <laughs> when we sat down, I said, okay, None. what is a blow card? <laughs> that was the first thing I, what is a blow card? <laughs> but do, so was there, was there a lot? So you are a very active, you know, you seem like an active adventurer. Was there a lot for you to do there in the adventure side? Or is it much more, you know, um, you, you go from spot to spot and tourist site to tourist site. No, there's tons in, in the adventure space. There's loads. I mean, it's got such a great uh, countryside that you, you've got space, you know. Uh, the, the only difference to the adventure they have there to the adventure we have in Dubai is obviously the weather is very different. Uh, so we're, we're blessed with certain things here that we can do. Um, uh, and so... Um, so it is a little bit different, but we, we got to do, uh, we also went fishing. That was great fun. Um, what's bog diving now 
that deserves some some talking about. <laughs> so actually, that was that was okay. I had a that feeling. wasn't on our agenda. But as I sort of spent some time there, somebody mentioned bog diving, and I said, "What's that?" And they said, "Well, basically, the Irish they like to sort of go to these." marshlands where there's bogs and it's literally like muddy water uh and they jump in it and it's stinky and yeah okay so maybe maybe we need to explain what a bog is what a is bog a bog is essentially well uh, so basically they have the, these marshlands and in the marshlands the uh what they have what's called peat and peat is decom uh, decomposed moss basically that it, it becomes black and and they can actually use it for fuel but so they used to dig that up uh to keep them warm in the winters and there'd be these big holes and then that would fill up with water and that would become a bog and it becomes like black mud right and you know often yeah often sheep fall down there and oh, die no. and things like this so so it, oh no yeah so so Not anyway <laughs> yeah so that's the sheep so i, I I saw uh, I saw what this was and I thought, okay, we, we have to do some of that. Um, and it just happened to be that when we got to the Delphi Mountain Resort in Connemara, um, I saw that that was on their activity list. Uh, but it wasn't what we had come there to do. We had come to do zip lining and an activity uh, sort of uh, area that they have. So I said, look, do you mind if we just change something? And they said, yeah, sure, no problem. So we, because uh, I, I thought, this would be funny for a video. And uh, I think that might go down as being the most humorous thing that's ever, uh, that I've ever done, which is, you know. I cannot wait to see it because first of all, the, the most interesting is, I think like, like you said earlier, this is literally the opposite of what we experience. It's if you want to go and have a complete experience that's the, that you cannot get in the Middle East, go bog diving. It is literally the opposite of us. Yeah, exactly. So wait, what was it like? So you, you went and blow carding when you went in the water. So I am assuming you dove into the bog, which is what the, the activity suggests. Well, well, you, you, you meant to, you meant to jump in, but I, I sort of, uh, the first steps for me is I, I was trying to figure out what is actually a bog and what is ground and I said yeah. and I said is this bit here okay and I just fell boom right underneath it covered no way mud in my eyes oh. I couldn't see and, and like there's this smell of you know and it was absolutely repulsive but as you said it's it's so different to the, any experience that you have in the Middle East yes it took about six six days later I was still finding bits of bog in my ear and stuff like that but the the smell was uh the smell was, uh, you know, a little bit like if you imagine decomposed dead animals or something like that. That's the kind. Of, it was horrible. It, it it was really horrible. Yeah. Strangely, I it's one of those things I want to experience it because it's the opposite. It's something we would never have here. I was like, don't worry. If you want a bug, I'll make you a bug. Yeah, yeah, but Reem, you enjoy stuff like this. Reem enters a supermarket. She'll find like chips that is mixed with chicken, wheatgrass, uh, uh, okra, and uh, red paprika. She goes, I want to try this. I want to try She opens it. It smells like everything that ever she got. She eats it. She goes like, this is disgusting. But then in the car, you still hear this. <laughs> I'm like, but you said it's not good. She's like, yeah, but you know what? Why not? You know? <laughs> this is Reem Hamid, ladies and gentlemen. We live life. I... 
I think that there is, uh, I think that we, I, what I want to do and in life is to experience everything, like just touch everything, experience everything. And I think Ireland, interestingly enough, I can imagine the food is not what we know. And the, you know, is I'm sure, I'm sure everything tastes different, even the things that we know, because the grain is different. The weather is different. And that's what I love about traveling is it takes the things that are mundane and makes them like absolutely magical. You know, like the bug. <laughs> OT, we haven't done a travel series in a while since Amsterdam. I think we should take the mics and <laughs> go bug diving. <laughs> Let's take the mics and go to the bog. <laughs> we need to get uh, bug proof mics, though, in case any. You know what I mean? I don't think they create that, but you never know. We should. Um, yeah, Akawa and I do that. We'll mic. travel and record random interviews. But you know what? But like, I think like the, the, the bog, the the bog diving story and low carding and hovercraft, like those are the experiences that you want to tell over drinks with friends. Like those are the stories you always want to share. Right. And the weird food experiences. Like if you had, I don't know, like steak and potatoes, like eh, steak and potatoes, <laughs> you know, but if you had something unusual, that's worth going back home and telling people about, I think that's where, that's what, that's the fun of travel. Like to come back, and share these unusual experiences, the stories, the videos, the photos, you know, like it's kind of like my brother right now. And we, we have our family WhatsApp group. And whenever we travel, we'll share the most random things that has nothing to do with the agenda that somehow you ended up there. And it's a, such unusual, beautiful, disgusting, scary experiences that you go through because that's where the best stories are. And, you know, I think in your case, like Northern Ireland in some ways gave you a lot of that, but also gave you the museums, gave you the castles, gave you the food, the people, the warmth and the beauty. Yeah, look, I couldn't agree with you more. Look, I think what a lot of people do, uh, their biggest mistake when they go traveling is they look for what they have in their own country. They're like, I like... I like going to malls at home. So they go to Ireland or another country and say, where are the great malls? This, this isn't as good as Dubai. And if you're looking for that, you're not going to get it, you know. So you have to understand what is it that they like. And, you know, bog diving would be the last thing I think about doing. But that's what they that's what they do. And I gave it a go and it was funny and it made a great video. And uh, and, and, and here we are talking about it over a year later. So, yeah, so it's uh, definitely you, you, you've got to get engulfed in that country that you're going to find out what it is that they do and get involved in that. So uh, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, that's uh, obviously I had, I was there to enjoy it, but I also had the responsibility to cr create the coolest video I could think about. So, you know, something like bog diving comes up and you think, okay, people are going to find this interesting. I had to do it. I had to do it. So even if I didn't want to do it, I, <laughs> yeah, I had to do it. So, so yeah, and what was a quite uh, interesting juxtaposition or uh, contrast is the very next thing we did after bog diving, um, while I still had bog in my ears and everywhere. We need to go open a Hamam Maghrebi spot <laughs> yes. in Ireland. That's where we make money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's where we make money, next to the bog uh, retreat. Yeah, and, and so basically I, I got cleaned up and we went to stay at one of the most incredible places uh, called the K-Club, which is... If if you're not the type of guy that likes to go bog diving and you want to go to Ireland, then the K-Club is your type of thing, which is 
uh, an old stately home surrounded by golf courses and lots of land. Uh, uh, I think it's a couple of hundred years old, maybe three, four hundred years old, um, which is now now a hotel. Um, and uh, we went to stay there. And then we had a number of days where we first of all went to the Irish National Stud where they breed thoroughbred racehorses. And racehorse breeding is a pastime of of uh, uh, Ireland that goes back along. The Arabs and the Irish from the sounds of <laughs> yes. it. It seems like a, it, it is the bridge. We we love our racehorses. So it's, so it's interesting because it, it is a, something that the Irish and the Arabs have in, in common, which is their love for horses and their love for racehorsing. Um, and in fact, you say the name Sheikh Mohammed uh, in Ireland, and they all know who, who that is uh, because he owns lots of stables there. It was interesting because we went to the Irish National Stud and uh, I went to learn about the business of thoroughbred racehorse breeding. And essentially, uh, I don't know how else to put it, but these horses have such good genetics that their chance of breeding a winning racehorse is so uh, likely that the value uh, for somebody to bring their horse in and mate with that horse is very high. So essentially, these horses are like... Uh, uh, are like say it, say it. You know, you want to say it, say it. Yeah, I don't know how else to put it. They're, 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 that's how they make they make everybody a lot of money. And so there was one. So like, how much does one night cost in this? Uh... Well, I can, I can tell asking? you, it costs it costs anywhere from uh, uh, the lowest is one thousand euros, uh, and the highest uh, is with a horse called the Invincible Spirit, and that's one hundred and thirty thousand euros to have your horse. Uh, essentially mates with Invincible Spirit. With the name, like the Invincible Spirit, that's worth 130,000 yeah. euros. Let me tell you, Akawi, get all the change right. from your couch and start digging. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get a horse. <laughs> We're going to Ireland. <laughs> We're going to do what we know like, how to do. <laughs> yo, with a name like that, you know you know this horse is hanging out at yeah. the stables with his chest yeah. up. Like, he knows yeah. he's got yeah. it. Like, so, yeah, Akawi's like, what's up? I'm Akawi. I'm he's like, it. I'm Invincible <laughs> Spirit. And... Uh, and so that particular horse is insu is insured for 60 million euros. So that's what 300, probably something yeah. like 300 million, 250 million uh, dirhams, just one horse. And what's interesting is you, you start to understand how much of a, uh, how deep the uh, Sheikh Mohammed's interest is in, in these, because not only does he own stables, but in the stables he doesn't own, he owns shares in the horses individually. So uh, he, you know, so it's it's uh, it's interesting. And then to top it all off, uh, we went to the uh, the Irish Derby, which is the biggest event in the Irish racehorse calendar. And I got oh, your trip was perfectly timed. Yes, well, I planned that. Yeah, I, 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 well, I, he was, I, well, he was there for a reason, Auntie. He was there for a reason. He didn't just he didn't just walk in there and oh, the Derby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I had gone to uh, my uh, my tailors here, Catchins, and uh, got myself tailored a a tail coat with a top hat, and uh, so so basically I went there dressed to the to the nines, and 
I had a bit of a beard at the time and they, Ascot had just been two weeks before where I think uh, Sheikh Hamdan saw some... Did they think you were him? Because oh, you were the beard? They think you were Fazak, <laughs> they, 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 they? They, You see, they, they just saw... Oh they just saw God. a guy looks looks a bit Arab, got a top hat on, he's got cameras around him, and everybody was coming up to me. And they're quite funny, the Irish. They're quite direct. He goes, they come up to say, so how much you worth? How much you worth? <laughs> like this, like <laughs> Not as much as Invincible Spirit. Not as much as Invincible Spirit. Yeah, you're like, you guys have Invincible Spirit, so... <laughs> Well, the the, yeah. the one thing that everyone, well, that we know is that intertwined into the history of the United Arab Emirates is horse racing and His Highness's love for horses. And I think it's so wonderful that if you go to Ireland or you choose to go to Ireland, that part of history can be celebrated in a whole different way, but within the same universe. And I, I think it's so great, first of all, that they thought you were royalty. Second of all, that you got to see the Derby, because I do love I do love watching it. We go, like we we tend to be a part of it every year in some way. So I'm so happy that you did that. So which like what, what like what what month did you go? Like if someone wants to go and like enjoy all these kinds of things, like also bearing in mind like the weather and everything. Um, so what's a good timeline? I went in June, and I would recommend going in summer. Yeah, because uh, it's a good it's a good escape from the the hot summers we have. Uh, but. You know, it's it's fairly nice over there at that and time. And what is was there something that you wish you could have done? Because obviously you're there and the country's huge. Is there something that you wish you could have, you know, experienced or that you would encourage other people to experience in Ireland? Yes. There's a couple of things that I didn't do. Um there's the most breathtaking landscape uh called the Cliffs of Moha, which are these uh, vertical tall cliffs on the west coast of Ireland, which I didn't get round to going to, but I was very close. Uh, and I, I think those are incredibly picturesque, especially if you're into photography, landscape photography, um, then, it, then it's an incredible place. Instagram, Pinterest. You know. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All the high arts. <laughs> yeah. And then there was one historical uh, thing that I didn't get to do. There's something called the Blarney Stone. And it's a tradition to, to kiss the Blarney Stone, which um, uh, is an Irish thing. And that's what gives them what they call the gift of the gab, which is their charm, which you'll notice when you go to Ireland, they all have this charisma. They have this charm. And... Uh, and so that's that's something I didn't get to get a chance to do. Um, I wonder what that's like post COVID. Like if you could still kiss the rock, you spray the you spray it, and then <laughs> you you spray it <laughs> after every kiss. <laughs> no, but you know you know what I love about everything you're telling us, like from the castles to the vast landscape to all these things. I feel like like if you when you go do these things, like it's gonna be such a nice, relaxing, chilled out, beautiful day to the extent like these places might not even have reception. So you cannot even look at your phone. You just enjoy your day. You know what I mean? Forces you to disconnect and be be in the now. Like it will force you to be in that moment. We desperately need that disconnection, yeah. I think. Absolutely. No, it was very nice. Um, I mean, it's not so remote that you don't get a, a Wi-Fi connection and stuff, but it's, uh, uh, yeah, just, I mean, I remember we just stopped off. Uh, we, we were driving um, it's me and my my director, uh, who's a good friend of mine, and we just stopped off and we just had this lake surrounded. Actually, it wasn't a lake; it was a ford, which is what's carved out by by a glacier, um, surrounded by mountains. And it was just like, 
wow, look at this place. We, we, we were just absorbing the beauty. And it, it does such an amazing thing just to be among uh, nature like that and amazing landscapes because you just, it, it does something to your whole uh, esteem and feeling it. You, you really feel great about it. So, uh, so yeah, it was absolutely incredible. I, another thing that I, I actually did do, um, but it wasn't on my itinerary, uh, and I'd highly recommend it, um, is, is something called the Epic Museum. It's in Dublin. Now, it, it's maybe not everyone's cup of tea, uh, but it won a massive award recently as, I think, the, the best museum in Europe. And it's basically, uh, it, it, it documents the whole um, uh, immigration of Irish people because they there's only 4 million people that live in Ireland or four and a half um, but there's something like 75 million people that can claim Irish uh, nationality because they're, they're, they're spread all... That's like Lebanese people. Yes, it's, it's very much, actually, yeah. <laughs> that guy feels an affinity. It, yeah, very much. And, and uh, you know, a lot of Irish people have uh, gone to America, Australia, all around the world and become very successful. Um, and uh, very much like Lebanese, actually, they, they you know, have, have travelled around. And so, um, but it was interesting showing that history and understanding that, um, it was extremely interesting. That sounds pretty dope. I didn't know that. I actually didn't know that. That's interesting. So it's called the Epic, E-P-I-C, Museum. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I definitely... Does, like, why, why, why the name? Does each letter stand for something? And just... Yes. Uh, no, it, it stands for something. I can't remember what it stands for then. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But I, that's something I would absolutely love. You know, um, so and and here's another thing that, that I found funny. Everywhere you go in Ireland, if you know anyone that's Irish, uh, whoever you meet knows that person, or they're just playing a trick on you. <laughs> so, so I was in the middle of nowhere, and I and uh, I met this guy uh, at a pub, and he was uh, he said, "Oh, so what's Dubai like? And and what's it like there for musicians? Because I'm a musician." And I said. Yeah, you know, it's good, actually. In fact, I've got an Irish friend uh, uh, who, who who plays uh, at, at bars in um, in uh, in Dubai. He goes, oh, who's that then? I said, oh, um, uh, uh, I forgot Sean's last name, uh, but, but Sean. And he goes, oh, yeah, Sean. Yeah, I know, I know Sean. <laughs> and, then, and then it was so funny. <laughs> I, I thought he was joking, and then we we, we took a uh, we we took a photo together. I sent it to him. He was like, "Oh, brilliant! You were my friends." And then when I just after the Epic Museum, when I went there, um, uh, I, I asked uh, one of the guys who works there uh, for some for some help with something, and and he he agreed. And then he said, uh, "So where are you from?" And I said, "Well, I'm from England, but I, I live in Dubai." And he goes, "Ah." Oh, uh, you don't know uh, McGettigan's pub, do you? I said, yeah, I know Dennis. I know, I know Dennis McGettigan's pub. He goes, oh well, I'm Sean McGettigan. I'm I'm his uh, his nephew, and, and I was like, everybody knows everybody. I think that's wonderful. Like, Listen, yeah. honestly, if, if you didn't meet someone that didn't know about McGettigan's here, then you, you like, know, where like, have you been? McGettigan's is a staple. I would, yeah, like, I would have believed it. Like, yeah, is, yeah exactly. But I think it's wonderful <laughs> that the, the 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 culture and community is so connected that in you were there randomly, met people randomly, and they knew about our lives 
here in some way, your life here in some way. And I think that maybe we should make more of an effort to get to know <laughs> their lives there, considering, you know, how wonderful right? it seems I mean, Or, to you know be. what we should do? We should get to know to know more Irish people in Dubai. Yeah. And then every time we're there, we're just name drop. We're just name drop. <laughs> and then just see what happens. Do you, you know, know Sean? Just name drop. <laughs> yeah. Of course I know Sean. Yeah. What? I mean, like one out of four million people was like, of course, yeah, I know Sean. And turns out he does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, that's wonderful. And the other thing is, they're all very musical. You, you'll notice there's lots of live music at all the bars, uh, oh. and great, great music. Uh, so yeah, there's a real vibe to the place. I mean, there's I, I, at the end of my episode, I had to say a few words about what I couldn't get across from a video, which was the warmth of the people and the vibe of the place and the, the, the well, how welcoming everybody was and friendly. That's something that I, I couldn't show in a video. Uh, but I, I just had, I just had to say it because it, it was, uh, you know, I've never really felt that to that level. It was really very, uh, very nice. Well, I think, and that's the perfect way to, to like wrap this one up too. Like that level of warmth that you experienced there, just the way it ended in the video, because I think, when you're going to new places, you never know what to expect. And that level of warmth is something I feel like we all need in the world today. After, after what we've experienced in 2020, it is even more important and more paramount than it's ever been to have that kind of connection and that kind of warmth when traveling and just seeing people and having that kind of love and contact with people when you meet them. So Ireland, it is. No, you're right, Otiu. I think that disconnection is here because... I think we didn't realize that because of everything that's been going on in 2020 and COVID and everything that's been going on, we've been so ultra connected with our phones and with news and with TV that even when we tried to disconnect, we were still connected. So I think a trip to exactly everything you were just talking about, Paris, whether if it's the bogs, whether if it's zip lining, whether if it's uh, going and checking out uh, the the Blarney Stone or just to sit. Like and, to yeah. sit and listen to live music. With you guys, like to just go and sit in a place where people play the music that they've learned and heard growing up. That's all I want. Like, that's all I, you know, it, it doesn't get better than that, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And even and, and even the commercial stuff that you mentioned, which is in our, like the Titanic Museum or the Game of Thrones, that stuff is actually pretty cool to see. It's, or the Epic Museum, that stuff is actually pretty cool to see. And Sarahtan, I'm done. Hopefully when the restrictions ease, when it opens up. I'm down to go with you guys. And if you're ever going Paris again, let us know, man. We're always down for things like that. But I'll tell you from now, bog diving with me and OT, Reem, Reem would probably like jump in, she'll chill. She'll just leave me here for a couple of days, you know. One of the, she'll pull one of these out, you know, under her <laughs> armpit, you know. For, um, but it's, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. These guys are high maintenance, Paris. I'll tell you right now. You can't travel with Listen. these boys. They're high maintenance. They, that's how it is. But it's okay. You've got me. You've got me down in the, you know. Listen, we are high maintenance. But if you tell us, guys, just trust me on this. And you're either going to come out of it with a laugh or a story. Or just, you know, you're going to enjoy yourself. We're still going to do it. We're probably going to nag at you afterwards. But we're still going to do it. We're still going to enjoy it. Let's get the visas. <laughs> yes, yeah. Count us in. Yeah. <laughs> but, no. <laughs> but no, really, man, really. Paris, thank you so much, man, for real. Thank you so much for your time. Best of luck with Guy in the Sky. Best of luck with, with the... I don't know if you have any other plans on your itinerary for this year, end of this year, or maybe start of next year. If you're going anywhere, if you are, stay safe, man, and enjoy it. And we're super excited to see everything that you're going to pump out from now and next year and the different countries you're going to visit and all the stuff you're still going to do in Dubai. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to it. And great to see you guys uh, again. And 
Uh, thanks for having me on your show. It's really a pleasure to finally Fine. be on your show. We made it happen. <laughs> Thank you for kicking it with us today. I hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode as much as we enjoyed creating it for you. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast at to stay up to date with all our conversations. Also, if you don't mind, hit us with the five-star rating, leave a comment, let us know how you feel about the show. That way, it could also help others find the show. And be sure to share it with your friends and family, whoever you think can benefit from it. You can holler at us on all social media platforms at The Can Show. We'd love to hear from you. Or you could drop us an email to hello at thecanmedia.com. Salam.